Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop psych dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Emerald Couch. This is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Fool. As always, thank you for tuning in. This is episode 34. 34. So excited. Um, I hope that you all have enjoyed the season thus far. This is our second to last episode for season one. Um, So I'm excited about the topic itself, but also um, excited about what's ahead. Um, Lots of newness, some changes, and just a great way to keep you guys engaged around this topic of mental health. So I hope that you have enjoyed the journey thus far, but that you are strapped in and ready for the next stage um, in the new year. But we're not done yet, so we still have this episode and next week's finale. Um, so we're not going to jump the gun, but I hope that you all continue to go back and listen to all episodes. Make sure that you've subscribed already if you haven't, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Um, connect with us on social media which will be a great way to keep in touch when we're on our little break Um, and just make sure that you also like us on facebook so facebook.com slash small talk counseling and then content from everywhere blog podcast um the practice itself if you have questions about that is all on our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com um and let's get started with today's episode so it's december um, even though if you're here in the South, and I don't know if this is across the entire South, but here in the Baton Rouge area, um, it actually feels like the time of year when it's kind of like mid-spring that's slowly fading into summer. Um, so it's that warm. Uh, yesterday, I think the high was 80 degrees. So basically it's hot. Um, it doesn't necessarily feel like December, but this is actually one of my favorite times of year. So I'm super excited. Um, Today is also the first day of Hanukkah, Um, so anyone celebrating, happy Hanukkah to you. Um, And so, of course, we have lots of other holidays coming up, and so we'll get to those in due time. But um, it's December, and we've made it. Um, You all have been great along this ride. So, like I mentioned, um, this is my favorite time, or one of my favorite times of year. It's kind of my second favorite time. My, My actual favorite time will be next month in January. Um, but there's like a lot to do kind of in this time of year, which I think is why I like it, like winter cleaning, there's things to get excited about, like holidays, all the food you get to have, sales at the stores, um, your favorite like TV shows and holiday specials come on that kind of remind you, um, childhood, if that was like your thing. So it's super exciting, but I also recognize that for some people, 
this time of year can also be super lonely um, and even kind of sad. And so um, I thought it was important to really talk about um, what does that look like on that end, particularly related to mental health, when maybe this time of year doesn't bring about all those warm and fuzzy feelings. Um, it really doesn't add to sort of um, the, the happiness that everyone else is kind of like floating on during this time frame for some people. And so obviously for those of us that maybe you've lost someone over the course of the year or even before, um, we can kind of know that this time of year can bring about a lot of feelings around grief and loss um, of those loved ones. Um, sometimes a loss of opportunity, people become very reflective and just kind of look back over the 12 months of the year and sort of think about things that maybe they went after that didn't pan out, um, ending the tough relationships. So um, even just mourning kind of the loss of time sometimes, like, you know, the fact that you maybe spent time uh, working on something that you could have spent your energy doing something else with. Um, and so just recognizing that, you know, it isn't always as cheery of a time for everybody as we tend to think it is. And so of course, because of that, that experience isn't always easy to get through. And oftentimes people will kind of like drag their way through this holiday season, um, really living in isolation and not really letting themselves um, kind of cope with and process what they might actually be experiencing at this time because it's just really difficult for them. So today what we're going to do is kind of combine our main topic and our pop psych moment because I definitely think the holiday season um, has become so commercialized that we often forget about the fact that we're still human and we have pain and we suffer and um, there are moments that aren't all about, you know, the Frosty the Snowman special that's on TV. And so being able to sort of today combine those as we talk about how to cope with holiday stress and kind of the toll that it can take on our mental health. So just being able to realize that everything isn't all cheery and merry and bright um, as we always expect. So we're going to just talk about that a little bit today. Um, so as always, you guys know I love sending you resources or telling you about resources. So one of my favorite articles on this topic is, you guessed it, from Psychology Today. Um, Dr. Joel Young talks about specifically holiday stress and kind of how to cope with it. But also the bigger part that I love about that article is um, talking about like when and how to sort of seek help. And so, of course, just like we mentioned a few minutes ago, for most people, the holidays are full of like warm memories of times with family, good meals, great conversations. But there are those folks that just do not look forward to the holidays. And a lot of times it's for some of those same reasons, um, sort of eating excessively stresses people out conflict with family because you're not used to being around them. And now you're stuck with them maybe for a week or two. Um, and just sort of like this pressure that's kind of endless to conform to this way that you're supposed to approach the holidays and that they're supposed to be full of cheer and they're supposed to be full of happiness. Well, that comes with a lot of pressure and oftentimes a lot of sadness. So a lot of times it's really important to sort of figure out, is it possible to change the way you approach this particular season so that you can kind of move past some of the chaos and some of the worries? Um, but that's not always easy. And so my hope is that we'll talk through some of the reasons why the holidays can be difficult, but also help you figure out how can you make a big difference um, for you in this time of year so that um, it doesn't feel as painful, you can find ways to cope, and that you can actually then create maybe your own traditions um, as you also seek maybe the support that you need in order to make that transformation. So just in thinking about the holidays themselves and why they're so difficult. So of course, like 
there's the common stressors that we just talked about family obligations um there's a people spend a ton of money during that time um so there's financial obligations that people feel expected to do and perform um and then time limitations so just the fact that the holiday for most people if you actually get a break maybe from work um it's super limited and so that time you may feel is better spent like in your bed watching netflix or sleeping and catching up on your sleep um, so for most people, it's not just that it's like one thing. It's the fact that you have all these things that sort of pile up on this time of year. And so because of it, it becomes this like massive feeling um, of stress and worry. Um, and so a lot of times, some of the common ways that I think we end up seeing this holiday related stress come into play are through um, the everyday things that we may struggle with, but just that they become so much more um impacted during this time and um, magnified too at the same time and so um, things like sticking to a healthy diet or maybe a weight loss plan if that's what you're on when there's like holiday snacks and meals and dinners um, literally like every day all day um, that can be really difficult obviously if there are family issues that can be a lot of pressure um, makes people not want to go home which, of course, then puts them in the position where they have to maybe be by themselves for the holidays because friends may go home for the holidays and because they have that sort of relationship with family and, and enjoy that time, um, it can become very isolating. Obviously, maybe for some couples or if you are from a household that, um, you know, is not your typical traditional family structure where you have to spend time with, like, multiple families or family members, um, just even splitting up the day and figuring out how um, you're gonna manage the time, that's stressful. And so many people can kind of, you know, know that walking into certain environments, your in-laws may be fighting or your parents may be fighting or um, siblings, you know, and so it just kind of really can become this big thing about who's hosting and where you're gonna be um, and takes away from sort of the joy that's supposed to come from just getting some downtime to be with family and friends. Um, of course, there are those that really get all into the holidays and want to create this sort of like perfect and magical holiday season with all these activities and all these gifts. Um, and eventually it just becomes really hard because the time constraints become too major. So you have to fill out cards or get them printed, then mail them, put up decorations, go gift shopping. I mean, everything consumes time. Um, and then, of course, because of the time of year, the lines are longer, traffic is worse. Um, it's just so inconvenient. Um, I think a lot of times, too, what we often don't think about is the fact that many times we have memories from past holidays that maybe didn't go well. And so in order to avoid that, we just sort of avoid the holidays altogether. We try not to create any... Um, any reproduction of what occurred so that you don't have to feel that again. Um, but again, that pushes somebody into isolation in a way that maybe they don't really want to be. And so that can be extremely difficult as well. Um, and lastly, I think a lot of um, folks, and you see this maybe with older generations, um, there are some fears about growing old. And for some people, the holidays are more of a reminder about um, their youth that they've lost or time that they, they've lost. And so again, it doesn't always mean it's just for individuals who are older, but it's just a reminder that 
things have changed um, and they maybe don't look the same. There are family members who are no longer present either because they don't want to attend or they can't attend because maybe they passed away or they moved away. Um, it can be really, really hard. And so the longing for, you know, wanting to keep things the same can also bring about some of those feelings that aren't as easy to deal with. So how do you cope then? You know, what are you supposed to do about that? Um, I think in order to make it through the holiday season, you have to start with a strategy. Um, Whether you're the person that's all in and like the holidays are actually exciting for you in order to not get through the holidays and then have a complete um, crash physically, mentally, emotionally, because you've been on a thousand the whole time. You have to also, you know, recognize that there's a certain way to go about it. And so if you're on the opposite end of that, where you totally hate the holiday season, um, having a plan also helps because it makes it more bearable. It makes it something that you can better process and then um, sort of not internalize to feel like it's some reflection of you um, based on maybe how it goes. And so in order to be able to do this, you know, make sure you get people involved, whether that's your partner or your children or um, any loved ones that kind of matter so that you all are on the same page, um, particularly because you don't want anybody who's, you know, outside of the circle to pressure you to do something you don't want to do. And so being able to make sure that you do things like set clear boundaries, you know, making sure that you know you don't have to spend the holiday the way somebody else wants you to. You might say that you're not going to be, you know, going to every person's house on that day and that you're not going to make all these trips. Um, just making sure that the folks then that are traveling with you, that they're on the same page and then making sure you guys stick to them, making sure that if you give yourself you know, permission to sort of stand up for what is needed in order for you to enjoy the holiday um, season is, is as good as it can be for you. Giving yourself room to do that, I think, is really important. So a lot of times trying to meet other people's um, expectations becomes that major cause of stress that we want to avoid. So make sure you put some clear boundaries in and that you have some backup. Um, Making sure you establish reasonable expectations. So you are not, even though we all love Pinterest, and so do I, um, you are not like Martha Stewart and making sure that you cannot make maybe your home or your office or whatever look like what it may look like in a painting or in the JCPenney catalog or on Pinterest. Um, You have to be able to feel like you have a life outside of the holidays. And so that might mean that that holiday photo that you send to your family won't look exactly perfect. Um, Nobody's holidays are perfect. And so instead of trying to do everything, figure out like what's important to you and really set expectations around that and prioritize based on what's important to you to feel like it's enjoyable. If you don't like Christmas cards and you don't want to send those, don't send those. If you don't want to, you know, sit around and tell stories by the fireplace, then don't go to that particular event. Um, skip it this year. Give yourself permission to really create reasonable expectations so that you're not forcing yourself into scenarios that bring about more stress than you actually can handle. Um, the third one, and this is, I think, really important because people... Uh, because of the spirit of the season, always want to get into the spirit of giving, but oftentimes find themselves overspending. So do not overspend. Um, we've seen plenty of studies that come out that say that most people are more likely to suffer from holiday-related depression because of overspending um, when they don't sort of limit what they are buying because literally you will spend the entire year after that 
paying off debt, um, trying to figure out if you're going to return or even keep things that you bought. Um, and while gift giving can be exciting, starting off the new year drowning in bills is not. Um, so really make sure that you have a realistic budget, then make sure that you stick to it. Um, if you can't get everything you want, there are other ways to show that you care and that you love. Um, being present is, is one thing immediately that you could do. Um, but instead of figuring out how to buy someone something, plan something instead or be there or offer support. Um, use your talents to show people ways that you care about them. I think that that's really important as well. And then, of course, find a place for forgiveness and not just for other people. I think people always assume if you're talking about forgiveness, you mean it's for others, but sometimes it's for yourself. Um, before anybody can be happy at any point, really, throughout the year, you need to be able to accept the person that you are, um, flaws and all, and really not force yourself to, have to live up to other people's expectations um, or cling to like goals that are centered around perfectionism. Instead, you really have to allow yourself some room to kind of sift through your ideas, figure out the ways you change, particularly over the course of a year. Um, if you're thinking about your fitness in a new way, if you're thinking about how you're spending your money and wanting to save more, don't send out those holiday cards. Don't spend that extra money. Um, don't get so worked up um, in a conversation with a family member um, that it raises your blood pressure. Figure out a way to manage um, taking care of you and loving on you um, so that you don't get to that place that pushes you to the edge and makes you totally hate the holiday season, but also puts your overall well-being and mental state at risk. So offer yourself a little bit of grace, a little bit of forgiveness. Um, it goes a long way. And so then I think the other piece that people also forget about is like, it's okay to start your own traditions. Um, I think that's one of the things that I love most about my family is that we can have something that goes on for many, many years as far as a tradition. And then one year, based on whatever has changed in the family dynamics, it can just stop. Um, and nobody's offended, um, as far as I know, and being able to sort of like create your own tradition. So this year for um, Thanksgiving, typically we might all gather um, at my aunt's home. And so this year, my mom and I knew we were going to go to the Saints game, um, which was a great game. And so we did kind of our own Thanksgiving with just me and her, um, which for me actually was great because it was very um, reminiscent of like my time growing up in that home uh, where it was me, her and my grandmother together. And so it was kind of nice, even though it was very intimate, very quiet. I'm pretty certain I slept through the majority of the day, um, but it was wonderful. Um, and it definitely did wonders for my overall mental and physical state um, because I just got to relax and it was a good feeling to be home. It wasn't stressful. So I think one of the best ways to sort of end holiday related stress is by creating your own traditions instead of trying to conform to what other people want to do. Um, really think about ways maybe to honor the people you love who aren't with you during the holiday season. So a family dinner in their honor is great, um, but that doesn't have to be on Thanksgiving Day or on Christmas Day or on New Year's Eve. Do it whenever you want. Um, making sure that you stay in touch with loved ones, not just during the holidays, but throughout the year. So even if you don't send them cards or you don't invite them over for the holiday, just find a way to connect, you know, help them to know that you're there um, and that you love them, um, but that maybe you're not sending them a gift this year and that's okay. Think about ways to sort of help 
do things that you as a family unit can follow year to year and actually keep up. So again, don't think about how lavish to make it, but how meaningful it can be. So that may, instead of having, you know, this huge dinner at someone's home, taking a trip or um, having some downtime, celebrating the holiday the day before or the day after, instead of thinking very specifically about, you know, the day when everybody else is known to be celebrating, change it up a little bit. And lastly, don't um, adhere to or follow holiday traditions that you don't like. So if you don't want to celebrate um, Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, um, figure out what's your own way of utilizing maybe that time that you have together with family um, to make it meaningful. Don't force yourself um, into something that maybe doesn't fit where you are. You know, we've talked a lot on this show about wellness and being able to do some of the deeper and tougher work to figure out how to find good balance. And sometimes that's being able to explore um, the pieces of who you are that maybe don't fit perfectly into the puzzle of who your family represents or what your family represents or who your family assumed you to be. Um, Really creating your own holiday traditions will definitely lead to a better mental state. Now, of course, I'm offering all these tips, but sometimes it is a little bit deeper. So I think what I just talked through is is more on the surface. But a lot of times it can get to a point where that person's emotions are so overwhelming that they do need to seek support and seek help. And so obviously, um, and I always say this, but I'm biased, you know that therapy can always offer additional help in dealing with stress and dealing with depression and dealing with anxiety um, even if you don't technically meet the criteria for like a specific mental health diagnosis, maybe certain times a year you just find yourself down, um, even though there is a diagnosis for that. But being able to recognize that like if you feel overwhelmed, talk to your doctor or go seek out a therapist, um, make sure that they're qualified um, and that they're a mental health professional. But really giving yourself permission to just go explore like what maybe is going on if you notice that you just don't feel like your typical self, which is a much happier person. So some things to sort of think about if you start to notice um, happening with you, some conditions that you should look at, especially if you feel like you see these, make sure that you get some help and seek some support right away. Um, if you have sadness or anxiety that that, that kind of doesn't um, alleviate when good things happen or something that typically you would be excited about, that's kind of a red flag. Um, Knowing that you might experience some unpleasant emotions, you know, around the holiday season is normal. But if they start to interfere with your ability to function, such as like you not being able to maybe wake up and get out of bed or you start crying sort of all of a sudden or you can't get work done because you're so anxious, um, that's definitely another red flag. Um, Make sure that you really pay attention if you start to notice yourself having any thoughts, even if they're passive about suicide or self-harm, that too is a a reason to seek help right away. Um, Then to think about maybe some of the more behavioral things. So if you start to notice symptoms around disordered eating, so skipping meals or exercising excessively or even like binging a lot of food and and just sort of like emotionally eating um, and also purging. And so really paying attention to some of those things, Um, any feelings of hopelessness, worthlessness, Um, reliving of traumatic experiences or events, if you start to have more experience of those dreams, um, flashbacks, definitely seek some support because that's obviously stress-induced as well. Um, Uncontrolled anger, particularly, again, if you should be happier or have things to be happy about and you notice yourself not feeling 
like yourself when it comes to your temper. That's definitely something to pay attention to. Um, or if you start to notice that like certain times of the year, like I mentioned, you get depressed. Um, so if every winter you find yourself depressed, that could be related to something like seasonal affective disorder, which um, occurs in a lot of folks. Um, a lot of people's moods are affected by the weather. Um, and so being able to sort of pay attention to the fact that if that happens every time of year, you need to at least be able to have um, kind of your support in place and ready to go so that you can um, handle that rather quickly. So while, you know, you may not have any full-blown mental health diagnoses, a few sessions of therapy, particularly if you happen to have a break from work where it's easier to make appointments, um, can really become super valuable in, in sort of tackling some of these experiences. The key is really to be honest with yourself, to be um, open enough to share it maybe with somebody that you trust so that they can get you to where you need to be. But if they, if your emotions seem out of control and you don't feel like you have the skills to cope, then you definitely um, owe it to yourself to get the help and the support that you need. So hopefully those are useful tips um, as far as just even thinking about the whole experience of the holiday season and what to do with that, because it definitely can be stressful, um, but it doesn't have to be. So one of the things that I think particularly because um, I always like to offer you sort of experiences and insight into my world and my life. Um, since we don't have any Ask Dr. LP questions, and I know we usually do that at the second half of the show, but we do have our small talk book show. Um, I'm going to share some of my like favorite things to do for the holiday season um, that helps me to de-stress and relax. Um, and hopefully for some of you, these may be useful tips. Um, or things that you already do. And so hopefully it feels at least just normal for you um, to do that. Some of these I don't think are necessarily normal, but they work for me. Um, and so being able to really think about how to use these, um, I hope, can come in handy. So the first for me is um, any sort of like home do-it-yourself project or like makeover or remodel. Um, so I have created in thinking of creating your own traditions that for at least the last two, maybe three years, I have always found um, some sort of like annual project to do around my home. Um, and sometimes that involves me doing it myself and like getting to, you know, go to um, the home improvement store or to a furniture store or to an interior decor store um, and figure out just a way to like change up a room in my home that just fits more of where I am. Um, and being able to sort of create that is really, really cool. Um, and the other way is to have somebody else do it, being able to just have a new space created for you um, that gets you excited, but then you don't have to do the work, which is always nice. Um, the second thing for me is I love to plan, plan, plan. So I think I originally bought my 2019 calendar back in September, um, but yesterday I actually bought another one because I found one that I really liked um, even more. And so for me, this includes everything from you know, work-related items for myself, things at my practice, um, things for the Emerald Couch that's coming up ahead, things for Ebony's and the Ivory that's coming up ahead, um, any goals or milestones I have for myself personally, so that's mentally, physically, spiritually, um, occupationally, and then any just dreams. Like, it's always nice to just sort of imagine, you know, when you get to this time next year, what will you have accomplished or what do you hope to have accomplished? And being able to sort of help with planning can be nice and just um, allowing yourself to obviously take breaks. So don't spend a lifetime you know, muddling over 
your planner so that it's perfect, but make it your planner, make it the include the things that matter to you, um, but also that help you when you open it, get excited about what's ahead and what is coming your way. And then I think things like being intentional and almost radical about your self-care. So for me and my clients all know this, for the last two weeks of the year, um, I shut my practice down completely. So I usually try to give myself two to three weeks um, just to not even go there. Um, and that's just to give my brain a rest, but also um, to allow me physically to rest and not sort of be ripping and running across town um, to get there for appointments and things like that. Um, I like to spend time in bed. So that could be watching TV, drinking hot chocolate, um, watching movies, whatever that looks like. Um, that's important for me as far as like my radical self-care and this y'all are probably listening like that is not that radical but in my mind it is um, when you're as busy as I am um, and then I actually really love to get to catch up with my friends who obviously the ones who are home for the holidays it's nice because you get to see them in person but even the ones who aren't just making sure that um, I get to check on them um, we have more time usually to have longer phone conversations and so just getting to sit in bed and be on the phone and, and get to hear about you know, the things that they've done over the course of the year or that they're looking forward to is always nice as well. So those are some of my favorites. I could probably give you an even longer list, um, but I know we don't have forever. Um, so just make sure that you find ways to take care of yourself this holiday season, establish those boundaries, and find a way to just enjoy this time of year because you've earned it. No matter what your year has gone like, everything that you've put into it um, has somehow gotten you to this point um, for better or for worse, but is creating a better version of you because you're still here. And so being able to figure out how to make this time of year um, magical for you is um, the goal. And so I hope that these tips have helped. I hope that my favorite things to do for the holiday season gives you some ideas. Um, and I hope that everyone who's listening and tuning in has a wonderful holiday season, of course, and a very, very, very happy, happy new year with lots of good and exciting plans. So we're going to take a break right there and we'll be back with our Small Talk Book Show for um, our only signature segment for this episode. everybody we're back with the second half of the show um because i combined my axe doctor lp segment to offer you guys my tips for the holidays we only have one signature segment to talk about which is our small talk book show um and since it's the holidays i thought it would be cool to talk about one of my favorite holiday books um that i loved growing up and even as an adult anytime i see it i get extremely excited um, probably one of the simplest stories I've ever read, but one of the most magical, and I just love every bit of it. Um, so one of my favorite holiday books is Cauteroy uh, by Don Freeman. I don't know how old I was when my mother bought that book for me, but um, I love it. And I think I may still have it, or she may still have it. Um, it was written over 50 years ago, if you can imagine, um, and now has a series of other like stories and adventures that Cauteroy has gone on. I haven't read any of the other ones, and maybe that's like because of my fear of ruining the classic. Um, but I just love this story. So for the folks who've never um, read it, and I don't want to ruin it if you decide to go read it, but 
Um, the book tells the story of a teddy bear named Corduroy, um, and he's on, he's in the department store, and there's a little girl, um, I don't remember her name, who comes to the store with her mom and spots the bear and, like, immediately falls in love with him. She wants to buy him, and, of course, her mom doesn't want to spend any more money. It's the holiday time, um, and she notices that one of Corduroy's buttons on his overalls is missing, and so she kind of says, like, you know, he's doesn't even have his button as if he's like not worth the money to spend. And so once they leave, um, Corduroy decides to go look for the missing button um, and takes a trip at night through the department store um, when it closes and goes all around and um, eventually sees what he thinks is his button um, and sort of gets in this place where he... uh, Someone notices that he's not where he's supposed to be. And so um, I'm really trying to like hide these details. It's crazy. Um, and so he kind of is disappointed because he wasn't able to find his button and sort of sinks into a little bit of sadness, holiday sadness, like we talked about, thinking that no one's going to want to purchase him. Um, and so to his surprise, the next day, um, the young girl comes back with the money um, from her own piggy bank and buys him. Um, and so at home, she actually ends up giving him brand new buttons for his overalls. Um, and so being able to recognize that, you know, all along, it wasn't about him being perfect, but yet perfect for her. And so what I think I love so much about that book is it just always makes me think specifically about children, um, but also individuals and adults without homes this time of year and who do feel very isolated and alone um, or feel um not worthy and so i think i love that story because it it evokes a sense of gratitude and really i hope pushes all of us to make sure that we're doing our part to make sure no one ever feels like that and in this case obviously we're talking about a teddy bear but um imagine how thrown away sometimes people feel because of maybe what they see as imperfections and so just being able to make sure that during this time we spend a little more care Um, loving on those that care about us, but also loving on those that maybe don't have anyone to care for them. So if you've never read it, definitely recommend it. Obviously, if you're a parent, you should totally go buy it. Um, Any of my friends who have kids, they may or may not be getting that book for Christmas. Um, But I'm super excited to get to share it with you, and I hope that you will add it to your bookshelf. Um, Even if you don't have children, I just think it's a great story um, to have. And so Corduroy, Don Freeman, a classic. If you've never read it, make sure you do. Um, But that is this week's Small Talk Bookshelf. So we are at the end of an episode. And next week is our season one finale. It'll be 35 episodes, which is kind of crazy. We've been at this for 35 weeks straight. That's seven months. Um, And I'm so excited that you all took this journey with me. Um, I hope that it has delivered in every possible way, but I also hope that you are um, in anticipation of another great season ahead. And so if you um, haven't shared the podcast with someone else, this is the time to do it, to make sure that um, in a non-invasive way and hopefully fun, sometimes humorous way, um, they get to hear about mental health from a different perspective and not in the scary way that sometimes the media um, and just a lack of knowledge um, can do. So um, I have truly enjoyed this journey. I'm going to save all of my heartfelt thanks for next week. Um, But I'm excited about next week's episode. 
Um, in some ways, it's bittersweet, uh, for sure. I kind of feel like I want to play boys to men. It's so hard to say goodbye, but it's not goodbye. It'll be see you later. Um, but we still have next week to do all of that. So I'm excited for next week's episode, and I hope that you all are too. If you have any final questions before the season is up, um, this is the last week to submit them um, before we take a pause. So make sure that you submit your questions for the Ask Dr. LP segment and have them read on that final episode. Um, and you can do that on the website or through social media, through um, any of those platforms. Um, and I think we're going to end it right here. So I hope that you all have a wonderful week and that you'll be tuned in next week for our season finale here on the Emerald Couch.